Hello everyone, I uh, hope you're looking after yourselves and hope you're keeping well. We're glad to have you on the second episode of Pick Up The Mic. Uh, this week we have decided to get a guest speaker, so um, I'll let Sam and Anishka say hi first. Sam and Anishka, could you, could you say hi to everyone? Hi guys. Hey. Glad to be here and glad for another episode. Thank you yeah. so much for our recurring customers that do not pay anything. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's 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 the type of membership that we look for, you know. Loyal customers who don't who don't even need money. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the perfect call. thing. Exactly. Um and yes, we're we're glad to introduce our speaker for today. Um so Layla, uh, thank you very much for, for being on this call. It's a pleasure being this uh, podcast. Oh, thank you. Um so yeah, we'll 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 get into it. So um yeah, could you please just introduce yourself and uh, you know tell us a bit more? Tell us a bit about yourself uh, so our our listeners can know who you are. Um, of course, I'm Leila Ali. Um, I'm from Sudan, Morocco, and Yemen, but I was born and raised in the United Arab Emirates, and I'm currently a second year international politics student. Thank you very much for that. So, Leila, do you believe that members of the BAME community are well represented in higher education institutes such as universities? Like they're not like they're not re- represented enough, in my opinion, because like many universities do lack in diversity and it is a bad idea. Like mm-hmm. from what I learned and what I read, apparently the higher ranking the university is, the diversity lessens, it decreases. Mm-hmm. For like, for example, because of financial issues or like admissions in general, because when it comes to admissions, many universities will look for diversity, but at the same time, they really look at the marks first. And apparently the BME community is really like not really chosen in the very high ranking universities. Hey, Lala, thank you so much for answering uh, those questions. And you spoke so clearly about such crucial issues. Um, I do have a question, um, and it's to do with what motivated you to become the BME officer at Brunel. So from your journey from the Middle East, coming to London, uh, what is it that's really motivated you to sort of step out and say, I'm going to become uh, a BME officer? Um, in my opinion, in order to become a BME officer, you really need to be part of the community and have a personality and a background that could really represent them well. For example, in the Middle East, I grew up with various of cultural backgrounds. So I le- really learned how to like appreciate different cultures and accept different beliefs and be open-minded about different beliefs and etc. And what motivated me to run for this position is that in general, I'm, I want to give, I want to help the society in any way possible. And I feel like the BME, like BME community in Brunel should really be represented and appreciated and people should be aware about the issues that are happening to us in our home countries such as the Yemeni humanitarian crisis or the Chinese concentration camps in order to educate people so it can really block out the discrimination. Because in order to block out the discrimination, racism, people should be aware what other groups of like other ethnic backgrounds are really going through. 
that's really really nice um and it's it's amazing how obviously from your um from your journey here um as you were saying you bring in all these different uh world views opinions um and you know insights that you you can gain from from being um in the middle east at such a crucial time uh mm-hmm. for so many people um especially as you were saying in china so yeah it's it's really really admirable that you have used that as as your as your sort of stepping stone into a way to help people um do you think that you'll continue um this role past the uh past the role itself is there any sort of legacies that you want to put in place um like i feel like being the black and ethnic minorities officer is like the first step in my journey in becoming part of the like being a representative in the general assembly of the UN like i always wanted to fight for human rights in any country like even even if it's in sudan i represent sudan in the us or in the uk like i always wanted to fight for the minorities and i want to make sure that the voices are heard make sure that the, like their opinions are mattered and taken in consideration instead of like pushed off aside Yeah, amazing. Thank you. So uh, yeah, thank you very much, Leila, for the for that comment, and I think it was very insightful to to bring about. I, I guess the next thing we, we we need to know is what steps should uh, or could uh, higher education institutions take to promote BAME representation. Um, in my opinion, the job for higher education is basically educate the students that are in the university. all they can do is educate them because it's spreading awareness and spreading awareness about issues is better than not talking about it at all even if it's a party um culturally appreciating their background even a simple party a simple debate night for example just talking about it and being open and appreciating uh, like appreciating the minorities coming within the university is the best thing that they can do and especially promote diversity like they want their admissions to be more as diverse as possible because there is going to be so much opinions that it's literally going to enhance the information and it's going to enhance the educational level like it's going to make everyone really open minded and see like the world in different perspectives so they have no like no excuse to be racist or like sexist and etc no, um i definitely agree and i think one of the things that um you said that about like raising awareness culturally is actually very important um because even even with other topics that i guess don't necessarily link into you know issues that affect well what i mean they do affect bane people but you know things like climate change um there's actually research that um i think is very interesting so it relates to what you were saying there of looking into how like culture can influence how someone not only thinks yeah. about climate change but how they want to tackle it um So they were saying that you know some cultures I know especially like like in my in my family um I know when it comes to like if we order food we always reuse the plastics for as long as possible um 
even like clothing wise, um, I know when I was younger and even sometimes today, if my my brother or my dad has clothes that are, you know, too 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 small for them but will fit me, I'm I'm perfectly like fine. Yeah, hand me downs, honestly. I think <laughs> I think it's, it's definitely a few of my outfits to university have definitely been been hand me down outfits. And um yeah, it's it's, it's honestly so I think so impactful of understanding how culture can be used to help educate people on this. Um, yeah, like I feel as if a person has really diverse thoughts, literally they can be really successful. Mm. In my opinion, the more diverse thoughts are like it's diff- like the person can have different ways of thinking as well. Yeah, they so, like for example when you're in the politics world there's obviously going to be someone that is going to disagree with you Mm. but you always have to find a way around it and how to find a way around it is to basically have very diverse thinking a very broad like problem solving skills Mm. that's Mm. why no no I, i totally agree and um yeah like you said it is true having having a diverse way of thinking actually enables you to even come up with new and you know new implementations and um mm-hmm. um even i know they, they said like diversify there's been you know things on diversifying workplaces have actually helped to improve um not only you know the the well-being of the per- people who work for, for companies but also it's helped to improve how things are done at the company not only just like you know i guess how you know like when it comes to dealing with race but also the work that the company does um i well don't don't quote me on this uh um but you know this i'm pretty sure there's things that have shown that having a diverse workplace can in- mm-hmm. increase this diverse thinking um so yeah no thank you very much for that point i think it's it's very important and it's very relevant um to especially with everything that's happened in the past year yeah of course like i feel just like being around different cultures, different backgrounds, beliefs, like being around someone who's conservative like or liberal will literally open your mind to your future other than sitting in a lecture, learning what you're supposed to do for your job. If you are open-minded, have diverse thinking or have no problem in listening and opinions from anyone, you literally be like you literally have no problem in your future mm. because you will literally like understand everyone. Like if you start opening up to different backgrounds and beliefs. Definitely. Definitely. No, I, I completely agree. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that answer. It was, it was yeah, very impactful. And I, I hope for our listeners as well, it was very insightful to them as well. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you very much for that answer. It was really, really insightful. Um, so I want to ask you, um, why do you think it's so important that the BAME community is represented in higher education properly? Like, as I said before, diversity is the key concept. Diversity will literally be the answer to everyone's problems because diversity will literally lead to spreading awareness, leading to open minds. Open minds, a better future, because our generation is evolving. Not Like, for example, a long time ago, it would be, let's say, a private school filled with white like men. Like, no one 
black, no one Arab, no one African. And as they grow up now, they see different views and everything, and they literally block out and be conservative. And they can't really, like, let's say, cope with it. For example, we call them Karens. They're not really open-minded and they become racist, like very, like very discriminant, like discriminatory, like towards the minorities. Because, for example, probably that Karen, let's say their father was, as I said, in an all white male predominant school, taught her that you should be racist. You should not open up. You should be conservative. This is how the life is supposed to work, which is completely wrong because diversity is the concept. Diversity is the key. That's why I think black and ethnic minority representation and just the community itself is really helpful in educating people what is right and what is wrong when it comes to talking to other groups and what is wrong with the world in general. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, it's like you were saying, like, talent, character, and, you know, even your capacity for intellectual ability, that's that's not correlated with the colour of your skin or mm-hmm. your background, where you're from, anything. And higher education, that should definitely be, be a place where everyone is supported and whether yeah, able exactly. to reach their full potential. So, yeah. I, In my I, opinion, university should be... A, like a place for example an international student like me you I should feel like I belong it's my home exactly you know some, like some my work, issues yeah. are heard for example you know completely true yeah mm-hmm. yeah that is such an important message Leila um because like you said it goes through generations and some people just they just won't teach their children mm-hmm. the right the right messages just to propel this superiority they once felt or they once felt that they had. It's almost like they're unconsciously clinging onto it, and some sometimes consciously. Uh, a really interesting subject. Um, we actually have a monthly MC um, from the Bain community that we try and integrate into our. Um, into our podcast that really helps bring about and highlight the intelligence and the strength of the BAME community in history and today um, through these people. But we were wondering, uh, before we go into that, what who inspires you the most? So it could be family, a celebrity, a friend, or it could be a present or past political figure. Like, honestly, I would say me shooting my shot and thinking that any idea in my head is not like out of my reach like anything is possible I would say my mom like really taught me that nothing is impossible un- until you like try and see for yourself but when it comes to these ideas and who I think is a strong female character is like Harriet Tubman because ever since like the railroad and the freedom like freeing I think around 300 slaves from the race, like the racist part of America really inspired me to like fight for human rights and et cetera. That is so nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Leila. That was very informative. I think that was, you know, you raised some really good points there. Now, uh, 
the last question that we've got for you is you're currently the the, the newly elected BME officer at the university. Yeah. And we want to uh, ask you to give this opportunity for our, our listeners to know how you use this new position that you have to promote um, BAME representation on campus. Um, so basically, like the BME's officer's job is basically campaigning for equality and defend and extend the rights of the Black and ethnic minority community. And I have many ideas. Like, like I was thinking of doing debate nights, talks. For example, I'll just give it out now for Black and History Month. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of poetry. So I was thinking of really spreading awareness, spreading Black history through word spoken poetry night, bring people that have, for example, relatives or like, yeah, relatives, past relatives that went through the Jim Crow era, the apartheid. I was thinking of doing this event like Black history around the world. So not just Black history in the UK or the US, it would also talk about Black history in North, West, East and South Africa to really give people a broad like idea of what people went through and for my like the ethnic minorities all we can do is spread awareness about political situation situations or like uh, like for example do like a TED talk kind of night if COVID is done it would be in the venue or like zoom calls it would be a very collaborative session it wouldn't just be me it may be with another officer for example the woman's officer and like, I really want people to join and talk about it and also appreciate the different like cultures. We should appreciate how diverse Brunel is, especially um, through events, whether, whether it's parties, culture nights, cultural day, where every society that represents a minority or just a country can really set up and talk about their culture and have like, a figurine or their flag and really talk about it thank you for that um and yeah i think i think that is really good um you know the thing that you said about promote doing um like black history not only in the uk and in the us but also looking at it on a wider scale um okay. because that you know it links into this whole idea that we we've heard um recently of you know decolonizing education and not only talking about you know, black people and bringing it only to like slavery or the civil rights movement to also bring about, you know, there were there were very, you know, influential black people, not only in the not only in, um, you know, who were living in Africa, but also, yeah, worldwide. Like in like we should really talk about their traditions, their lives before Mm. they were colonized kind of thing, like before everything happened, before like the apartheid the Jim Crow North and South the civil wars and everything so people would be educated with like the history in a fun way also talking about like the ethnic minorities like the Arab Spring what happened in the Arab world that was really sensitive you know because people there are controversial issues like the Israel-Palestine a lot of people know that they hate each other and it's like a territorial matter, like about land, but no one understands the depth of the situation. 
people just start picking sides, no matter if it's fake news or a celebrity said, they don't educate themselves properly. So when I'm BME officer, I'll make sure everyone is educated with actual good news, like reliable news in the most fun and collaborative way possible. Thank you. Uh, and I guess everyone listening, you heard it here first. Um, so yeah, keep keep an eye out on the new things, new things to come. Um, and yeah, I just had one more point to add about, um, you know, talking about black history um, on a wider scale is, um, yeah, like you were saying, um, black people have, have been to, you know, nations around the world before even slavery happened. Um, yep. I don't know... I don't know if it's going on. I think it's on Netflix. Um, there's a new like Netflix animated show that's actually looking at um, a black man. He was the first uh, black man in, in Japan. He became like a, uh, it's a part of their history. He became a samurai. Um, and I don't know too much about it, but I know Netflix um, are doing a TV show. It's either a TV show or a film about it. So um, I would recommend if anyone you know is interested in learning more about this person and, or, or anyone and else. And also I have, a recommendation if you really want to see like racism in America like through the police brutality racism in the system injustice in the system if you guys like obviously most people know about Central Park 5 you should really watch the series when they see us in Netflix so you can really see how the children the 15 year olds coped with the injustice how they're parents coped with it and how they handled the situation, even though they didn't really do anything. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that. And um, yeah, I think, I think you've definitely given a lot of, a uh, lot of for us to look forward to. Um, so yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll be keeping a watchful eye and um, yeah, anything that you're, you're doing on campus, I'm sure our listeners, I know the three of us uh, are heavily um, interested in seeing how this comes and you know how it goes so we we're more than happy to see, and you know whether it's like you said a zoom call or fingers crossed an in-person event um yeah, yeah we'd be more than happy to to, to attend because this sounds really good yeah thank you no, you're welcome so as you all know we have an mc for the month for every month that we we do the podcast for this month or for this episode more specifically. Um, we decided to pick someone closer to home. So we decided to pick Professor Benjamin Zephaniah. Um, some of you might have read his poems when you were at secondary school or, you know, even at university. Some of those who are listening that are Brunel students might also know that he's actually a lecturer at the university. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know Benjamin Zephaniah, Benjamin Zephaniah is a poet. Um, he was raised in Birmingham, England, um, and he's been a huge advocate. Um, he, you know, a huge advocate of improving BAME representation, not only within, you know, as a whole, whether it comes to different fields like the workplace or, you know, the education system itself. And, you know, like we mentioned before about decolonizing education, but also he's been He's been using his poems to focus on telling stories about, you know, self-expression or having a having open dialogues where, you know, race, class or gender doesn't divide the conversation. You know, allowing these open discussions um, for anyone who's, you know, I, I haven't, haven't seen it myself. If anyone's a Peaky Blinders um Peaky Blinders fan, um, he he plays the character Jeremiah Jesus. Um 
So if you've, if you've seen Jeremiah Jesus on Peaky Blinders, that's actually uh, Bender and Zephaniah. Um, and yeah, I, I encourage you, uh, I, I, I can't, um, you know, for time, I don't want to read out one of his poems now, but um, I do encourage you that if you, you are interested or you don't know a lot about Bender and Zephaniah, do go out and read up about him. Um, because yes, he, he definitely uses, and he's got books, he's got poems, um, he, at the university itself, I believe, like from previous years, he's actually given discussions talking about, you know, improving um, improving representation as a whole at the university, which, um, you know, is something that we all, uh, even after this call, I'm sure we all can agree is is needed. So Benjamin Zephaniah is the MC for the month. Um, feel free. He's got a Twitter and I believe he's also got an Instagram page as well. So feel free if you want to you know, have a follow to see more, more about what, the, what he does do. Um, and if you're, if you're interested in reading any of his books, I think um, the vice provost for the uh, for staff of students, Bill Leahy, um, he's key. If you, uh, he did a call, I think with some students before and he mentioned some, some key ones that uh, uh, he thinks are very, are very good uh, Professor Benjamin Zephaniah has done. Um, and as I said, because he's a lecturer at the university, you're more than welcome to send him an email um, if you want to know more about him or or to learn more about his story. Um, but yeah, to, to conclude, thank you very much, Leila, for, for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Um, pleasure to be in the podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. Um, and like we said before, everyone, she is going to be the new BME officer at Brunel. She'll be doing it for the whole of the next academic year and start, I believe, you are you, are you starting over the summer? Um, I'm training now, so I think my position starts in August, actually. Oh, wow. So, you know, you don't even have to wait that long, everyone. So um, feel free um, to, to, you know, keep an eye out on the space, especially the union page, because they'll probably use that for a lot of information. Yeah. You might get some emails as well. Um, I guess one final thing before before we wrap up, Leila, is... Um, well, is there is there like a you know social media account or anywhere students can go whether it's to you know to just dis- to discuss stuff with you before because um, I know you'll have your official you know email address and you'll have the union page where they can contact but um, obviously some students might want to get in touch with you but you know before that you go into this position in August so do you have anywhere that they they could contact you? They can co- contact me on Instagram. They're more than welcome to. I love like I love taking opinions in order to. Make make my like position more effective mm. for everyone so um, also my email address so it's leilamali19 at gmail.com thank you very much for that and um, for anyone who's, who's listening um, we'll also put her Instagram page um, on on the uh, post when we announce the episode so you all have seen it by the time this this episode's come out um feel free to contact uh, Layla and she'll she'll get back in contact with you so yeah I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll come to a close, but thank you very much for, for joining us, Leila. Um, we look forward to seeing the amazing and innovative and creative projects that you come up with in the future. So thank that's, you. No, thank you. And uh, that's a bye from me. Um, that's a bye from Sam, bye from Nanishka, and uh, we wish you all a happy day. Bye.